Sorry. That was, I don't know why I thought of that just now. A little mal This entire time I have been thinking about something also unrelated, which that was like a, a lot more relevant. But the thing is, there's this like ambulance chaser lawyer dude in KC who advertises a lot and has this big Brad, this big billboard and his name is Brad Bradshaw. <laughs> <laughs> this is the type of stuff people want unedited. Brad Bradshaw. <laughs> I mean, it's not unrelated. No, it's not. It's, it's very, very directly related. Yeah. It's good. He like has this like billboard that like has his name like I don't know. There's like standout letters away from the billboard. He like owns this billboard, I guess, and it says Brad Bradshaw, like injury attorney or whatever. That's hilarious. Imagine like having a child and just being like, yeah, this is it. <laughs> The broadcast, the biggest podcast in Vancouver, pretty much. We participate in light misandry. Get out of here with that. <laughs> Sexism. All of our societal structures are designed in ways to inherently prejudice women. I don't like to be bamboozled. Hi, Georgia. It's Troy Statue here. Thank you for labeling me the short king. Nick actually just got the sweatshirt that says Mock Girl Summer. I think it's amazing what you guys are doing, which I'm having a lot of fun. Hello, and welcome to the broadcast. Um, I'm Sam, and I'm here with Mal and Georgia. And this is, I think this is our first episode where all three of us have been on in quite a while. We were all on with the McEwans, but like in terms of the actual recording of the episode, I think it's been, I think we've done like me and Mel and you and Mel. Yeah, I think it's been about three weeks. Yeah. And then for the next two weeks, it's just going to be me and Georgia because Mel's going to Spain. Yeah. And we are all super jealous. We're incredibly jealous. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, my mom texted me today and was like oh they're opening up spain for vaccinated u.s travelers and i was like you know that i'm going there next week i was like you think that i didn't already know this or else i wouldn't have been like i'm gonna like just see if they'll let me in (laughs) just gonna try my luck we'll just see but my sister lives there and i'm very excited i haven't seen her since january of 2020 that's so long. Oh my no. God. Also, like, she's like my favorite person. So it's especially long. I'm simultaneously very excited for you, but also extremely jealous. But we are all here this week. And so we're going to get into it. We will start with highs and lows. I don't think we had any new reviews this week, but we had three reviews last week. So I feel like we should read one of those. We did have one that name checked our own. Sam Chang. Did we? Yeah, they said they started listening to the pod because they interacted with you. <laughs> what? Yes. I didn't see this. I clearly <laughs> just didn't we did not pay attention. I don't know what you're talking about. It's from The Jury 08. Five stars. This pod shreds. Just started listening to this after interacting with Sam often on Twitter. Really good quality pod. Lots of fun to listen to. Great opinions. Excellent hosts and discussion. I think the ladies blend talking about the sport we all love really well with important social issues, and it's really great to hear their perspectives on things. I listen to a mountain of sports podcasts. This is this is one of the most accessible and welcoming listens out there. Well done, everyone. Good job, Sam. That is so nice. <laughs> that is very I miss, nice. I missed that in our inbox, so thank you. Yes, for, thank you. If you haven't left us a review yet, please do that. Uh, hit subscribe, give us five stars. If you have constructive feedback, do that. If you have something mean, don't do that. 
Uh, lots of fun hockey going on. Lots of white dudes on skates running into each other at full speed. Let's do that hockey. Moving into sports. Uh, we have a number of second round series concluded. So we'll do each of them, but Montreal and Tampa had advanced before today. And I believe, I believe the Islanders have just eliminated the Bruins, which yes. is incredibly funny. It's, it's really, a, it's like a, it's a lose win situation. Cause I don't like the Islanders. They're fans, very yeah. aggressive and very mean. But very also, I just sorry. I hate the Bruins. I'm sorry. Are you complaining about a fan base in contrast to the Bruins? Okay, first of all, you're like, <laughs> oh, you know, the Bruins fans, they're all so nice. And everyone from Boston, so reasonable. No, that is not what home. I'm doing. No, I'm saying I don't like either of them. This is the lesser of two evils. I did get yes. Islanders fans threatening to rape me when I said that women hockey players should receive equal pay. Yeah. So, um, not great. I mean, this is obviously less, less serious, but I know that, uh, <laughs> I know that um, the puck buddies got a lot of flack when they were talking about how the, they talked about the Islanders being like, I don't know, boring or something at one point. They are boring. They are. But they're also back in the conference finals. It's a rematch of last year, and Tampa will probably win again. Yeah. The most interesting thing about the Islanders is absolutely that they sold their team to a dude who has no money at one point. <laughs> if you haven't watched the 30 for 30 on it, what's the name of it? I can't remember. I don't remember either, but it is incredible. I mean, honestly, just you could just Google dude who tried to buy the Islanders, and I'm sure you'd find it. Uh, it's a great documentary and also it obviously clowns on Gary Bettman like the entire time because he didn't do his job so yeah no it was extraordinary watching Boston lose and that's all I have to say about that series having had to sit through like days of 10 year 2011 anniversary stuff I will say watching the Bruins lose today makes all of that much more tolerable any thoughts on the Montreal series? I mean, like, how fucking bad is the North Division? <laughs> That's all I can think about. At this point, at this point, get the Habs in the Cup Finals. It's a joke league. Let's do that it. That would be amazing. So happy for Tyler Toffoli. More happy for his wife, who's lovely. Really happy for Nick Suzuki's cat. Yeah, I love Nick Suzuki. <laughs> Oh my God. They played well. Did and you see that the Shifley um, suspension, he will be suspended the first game of next season? It'll carry over? It'll carry over. Oh, so he's going to have a meltdown next season too? Oh God. This is um, going to carry on all summer? Yeah. Still, still confused by the suspension that will now carry over to the first game of the 2021 to 22 season. Anyway, he is once again complaining, claiming that he uh, was trying to prevent the goal. Just so unlike him, which is true. I mean, he's never been suspended before, but also he's never been swept by the Habs before in the second round of the playoffs. So I under both I understand like losing your temper in that, but that doesn't excuse his actions. Did you guys talk about the hit last week? No, because it happened after yeah. we were recording. 
That um, was just an incredible 24 hours where it was just people fighting, saying it was a hockey play. He, he wasn't charging like just everything. And then for once player safety came out and were like, just shot all of those arguments down in their video and their video is actually quite good and explained the hit really well. And it was just like, mm-hmm. it wasn't, it was a stupid play. And I think we are so taught in hockey, this idea of like basic, like one of the first things you learn is keep your head up. That's like such an old school ingrained kind of tenant of hockey is keep your head up because you will get hit. <laughs> and yet in the rule book, it, it like specifically says that the onus is actually on the hitter to ensure that the players not in a vulnerable position which is quite interesting that we don't learn that way anyway not a great hit basically and we just saw another terrible hit yesterday with Brett Pesci that now isn't getting (laughs) suspended so it's just frustrating because for once player safety got it right and then they're back on their bullshit yeah I thought the explanation for why Pallet didn't get a hearing or anything was absurd like he wasn't hit with sufficient force, but their concussion spotter pulled him out of the game. Those things are not consistent. But it's also like you have to punish the action. Like you have to say, don't do this because the next time that he does that again, maybe the head is further. Or this is why in my head, I'm completely fine with them going to double IHF rules. You touch the head, you're done. <laughs> Yeah, and I mean, we've talked about before how refing goes out the door in the playoffs, which is when they need it the most almost because people, it's higher stakes and people care more. And so they get their emotions into it and make dumb plays Mm -hmm. that they should be punished for. Yet the refs don't do anything. The Department of Player Safety doesn't do anything. Well, one of the reasons I think they said they didn't have a hearing for Pilat is because they, they did make the call on the ice, but it was only a two minute he was two minute checking to the head call, which is like, okay, what? Like, I don't understand. There's just no consistency in there. Unless they do like a full overhaul of what the actual system does. Like it just doesn't make any sense. There's never going to be any consistency and you're going to have Nazem Kadri get suspended for eight games, which I think is fair. I'm not someone who's going to argue against that. I think that was a fair punishment, but you have to also do that to the other players. <laughs> and I think that's what we, lack right now and it's pretty frustrating and I think yeah the Shifley one was like they 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 did a good job on that one and so you just want more of that more what we don't what we don't want more of is Mark Shifley's zoom conference this morning I don't even know what he said blocked it I'm out trying of to get his little joke off but unfortunately the joke was not funny yeah the joke was really not funny so he said I thought I was going to be tried to be shut down by Philip Deneau. Instead, it was Department of Player Safety that shut me down. It was like the most stupid pre-rehearsed thing I've ever heard. Like you, it reminds me of those, those tweets where people think it's going to go viral or whatever, like an incident is going to go viral or something. And they're trying so hard to make it like go. And that's, that's the energy that is exuded from that tweet or from that statement is just a man being like, I'm going to say this and it's going to hit and people are going to rally around this. <laughs> it's like no one rallied around it. I also just couldn't get over the sentence structure. 
I thought I was going to be tried to be shut down by Philip Deneau. Like, just say I thought Philip Deneau was going to try to shut me down. <laughs> Please. Um, and then the second thing he said was, we were written off from day one of the season and we proved people wrong all season long. We go through that slide towards the end of the year and we were written off again. We don't get a lot of respect in the grand scheme of things, which also got ratioed because every single reporter except for one predicted the Jets would win the series against the yeah, Habs. It's truly incredible. That it devolved into, I think multiple people were like, he was speaking from the heart and like being truthful and honest and like, people criticize players for being robots and like not having, not saying what they think. And this is, and like the, now he's getting criticized for doing it. And that's why it's like, okay, there's a pretty big space between showing your personality and like saying what's on your mind and getting criticized fairly for saying something that is objectively stupid. I don't accept the idea that if somebody says something stupid that you can't criticize them because that will prevent them from saying what's on their mind. Sorry. If the only thoughts that are in your mind are stupid, maybe you shouldn't speak your mind then. I'm okay with that. What's the like thing like your mom would tell you? I don't know. I understand that I'm from Kansas. So, Oh, it's better to be thought of as an idiot than to open your mouth and remove all doubt. I said this before. I'll say it again. Mark Shifley screams Mormon boy energy to me. <laughs> and He's, he's not the person you want to rally around in terms of being like, this is a man that is going to show the world that hockey has personality. Like, <laughs> because that is not the hill to die on. <laughs> yeah. Listen, PK Subban on ESPN as an analyst, love that. Give me that personality all day. But like Mark Shifley notoriously refuses to curse on the Tom Brady diet going off script and saying something ridiculous. He deserves to be mocked for that. And the idea, like, I really hate this idea that if you criticize anything they say, then nobody else will say something because like Tony D'Angelo said stupid shit all the time. Like is the idea that we shouldn't have criticized what he said because now other players won't, won't speak up like Tony D'Angelo did. Yeah, like Logan like, Couture got made fun of because he claimed he got punched in the face in Canada for saying that he would have supported Trump. <laughs> Like oh these God. are all takes that deserve to be made fun of. And the idea that, I mean, you can't simultaneously sell the idea of a league that where like, oh, hockey players are tougher than anyone. So a little bit of criticism from people about something that you said is going to make everyone else refuse to say anything. Doesn't sound very tough to me. Sounds like you're understand. a whole bunch of cowards. Yeah. I don't understand why they're allowed to speak their mind, but I'm not allowed to speak my mind when my mind says, I'm going to call you an idiot. <laughs> Um, speaking of, speaking of press conferences, should we do Bruce Cassidy? I mean, not really relevant since the Bruins got eliminated tonight. I'm going to say that as many times as possible. Yes. <laughs> but, Keep announcing it. Bruins eliminated. Bruce Cassidy, the head coach of the recently eliminated Boston Bruins, <laughs> complained the other day about how the Islanders were getting all the calls from the refs. I actually didn't even pay attention to what he said. I know he complained about the referee. Yeah. So, well, he, he says that he, com he was more complaining about the way that the Islanders were like selling the calls essentially. Uh, he did um, the Peter DeBoer. Yeah. But at the same time, insinuating that the refs were like fucking up and he got fined $25,000 for it. And then the next day was like, I was criticizing the Islanders, not the refs or whatever. It just came across as one of those moments. And we get these all the time in hockey where it's like, 
the coach going out and saying something in public for the boys. Like I'm doing this. I'm saying it's a statement for like the team to know that I'm behind them and I'm like on their side. And obviously like for people in Vancouver or for fans of the Vancouver Canucks, this obviously dredged up a lot of pent up frustration as always against refereeing, um, particularly because of the 2011 Stanley Cup final, which we are in the 10 year anniversary of currently awful. And so it was just, there was a lot of like irony, but I don't know, like, do you think that works? Like a coach being like, I'm This is also like a Tortorella move. Like I'm going to go out and just lambaste whoever I want and get fined for it. And the team is going to love it. I thought it worked well for Vegas for game three. Like not yeah. so much for, sorry, for game four, not so much for the last game, but Peter DeBoer came out and was like, oh yeah, the refs are like missing all these calls when, and they're falling for Colorado, just like diving and embellishing all these plays, blah, blah. And I thought that worked for him, but I don't think it works consistently. I mostly thought it was really funny for the Bruins of all organizations to be complaining about refereeing going against them. It's ridiculous. I just feel like no self-awareness as a referee, would that make you cognizant of making calls or would that make you be like, fuck you? Like I'm not making a call then. I mean, I feel like if it's the latter, you should not be a referee, but I don't obviously. It's, this is the NHL. That, this is the NHL. <laughs> like, They're not really putting those requirements in. They're not following the rule book. It's very much like, yeah, I don't know. It's just, it's such a weird thing, but it happens every year in the playoffs multiple times as we've seen already. But I always just think it's a funny thing. So there's only one series left in the second round, and that's Vegas and Colorado. They're, Vegas is currently up 3-2, which is hilarious because Colorado is up 2 nothing. Blew that. And they play game six tomorrow. Do you guys think Vegas eliminates Colorado tomorrow? Uh, I think Vegas wins. I don't know if they'll win tomorrow. It might go seven. But they're doing such a good job of shutting down Nathan McKinnon. I was looking at, I think, Dom Lashishan wrote an article today. It's talking about, or maybe it was actually Jesse Granger. No, it's Jesse, it Jesse Granger. Granger. Talking about Mark Stone. And it's insane. They don't have a, they don't have a goal when he's on the ice. <laughs> yeah. Like that's crazy how good he's playing. So, I mean, I thought the abs looked a lot better in game five than they did in games three and four. Like they looked atrocious in Vegas. Like they looked like a totally different team. Um, I thought they actually looked good last night, but I don't, I think Jared Bednar is a good coach, but I have no idea what he's doing with the lineup. Like it was better yesterday because they put new hook and um, Logan O'Connor back in, mm-hmm. but the two games in Vegas, he put in Soderberg and the other guy whose name I can never remember. And they were both so slow. And I also just think like, He's got Jacob McDonald and Bowen Byram who are available for defense. And he's just leaving Patrick Nemeth and Ryan Graves in there. And I love Ryan Graves, but he has had an atrocious series. Directly responsible for Mark Stone's pretty much last night. Yeah. It was like watching the game yesterday, because 
I hadn't watched three and four, and but what I heard and mainly what I'd seen from Sam's Twitter <laughs> was that depression. Yeah, <laughs> depression. No, was that Colorado just like didn't look good at all. Yep. And then watching the game yesterday, there was like a bunch of these moments where they were just controlling, like dominating. And it reminded me a lot of the 2011 Canucks where it's just like, you knew that they were going to score like in the next two minutes because they were just, that was going to happen and you knew it and they did. I just think Vegas is going to pull it out. It just seems like it. And also like Marc-Andre Fleury, as much as he like, lets in super dumb goals can also stand on his head in like really weird moments. And so, yeah, I don't know. Hopefully for Sam's sake, this doesn't happen, but also. I am fully prepared for it to happen. Yes. Fully prepared. Yeah. Then it will be like the battle of the flute goalies. And like, this should not actually be happening. Neither of you should be both playing this well and then just like playing this poorly. It's either like they are playing really well or they mean awfully, which honestly that is like most goalie analysis is honestly goalies don't tend to have like mediocre games. They just let stupid shit in or they're playing like God. Which is like basically like Nadalkovich's series. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like to be honest for Carolina. Yeah. He was really good. And then he would like let in uh, yeah. really wild goals where you're yeah. just like, what happened? But yeah, we, I was looking forward to all the shit that we'd get about Patrick Waugh <laughs> and like Quebec Nordiques versus the Habs, like old school stuff. It would just get slung at us. And now, I don't know, it's fading away into obscurity. But also, Never like, know. have they figured out is, are the Canadians just going to fly? Like, are they going to be in a bubble? Have they figured out uh, the travel? They've been given an exemption by the federal government to travel. Oh, interesting. Okay. Because yeah. they're Canada's team. Haven't you seen the CN Tower? Oh, yeah. Canada's team. Well, they're also Justin Trudeau's team. So <laughs> he's a Habs fan. So they probably get special exemption because of that. All right. Canucks news of which there was a surprising amount today. The Canucks, against all expectations, I guess initial expectations, not if you've actually been paying attention in the last month, um, the Canucks did manage to re-sign Ian Clark to a five-year deal, brought back the rest of the assistants except for Newell Brown, who they replaced with Brad Shaw. And they also uh, brought in, um, oh my God, what's his name? Something Gustafson. From the Portland Winter Hawks. Right. To be there. I think he's like their, he's like a video coach or special assignments coach or something. Travis Green worked with him in Portland uh, when they won the, I think they won the Memorial Cup in 012-13. Was that before so, yeah. their, their scandal or all this? <laughs> before the scandal. Five years? Yep. 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 Travis Green, scandal follows him. Let's start that rumor. Just kidding. It's not a rumor. <laughs> he was literally like indicted in a federal crime. <laughs> these are just facts. Yeah, these are facts. Um, yeah, I actually listened to the Bradshaw interview. I don't know if you did, Sam. He was on the People's Show, Sportsnet 650 today. 
It's a really interesting guy. Um, first of all, I know that there is some kind of, there's a few people who are pretty upset that he wasn't considered for the head coaching job in Columbus. Um, after they basically just cleared house um, following a very dismal season. And he is extremely, he, first of all, he sounds like a head coach when he's on the, when he was on the radio, he was just really good at communicating, really articulate in his perceptions of the Canucks. He said he'd watched a couple games and then he knew from like a couple games that they'd coach that he'd coached against them, I guess the season before um, about like, basically how bad their defense is and like very blunt about it. Um, Very blunt about Quinn Hughes. He was just straight up like this man needs to learn how to defend one-on-one battles. Like, okay. (laughs) Sounds fun. And just shifting to a more defensive orientated team um, with five man units. And they asked him about, he's like really well known for being a good penalty killing coach And they asked him about the penalty kill and he had like a seven minute answer on what makes a good penalty kill. Like he's extremely like in it. And it was really funny because at the end he was like, oh yeah, I'm just so excited to come back to Canada where like hockey's number one and all this kind of stuff. And I'm just like excited for like people to be passionate. And it's like, oh yeah, you're in Columbus, which not that Columbus doesn't have passionate hockey fans, but it's not necessarily number one, but it was one of those moments where you realize that he just gave that entire interview really without the full awareness of how this is going to get parsed over for months by Canucks Twitter <laughs> and like just just totally outside that bubble of understanding, like with the, the absolute chaos that that is Vancouver and hockey. And it was very sweet, but he seems really good. And I'm interested to see what he can do with our defense, which is terrible so yeah we'll see happy that Ian Clark's back obviously thank you Thatcher Demko for that yeah and I love that it's a five-year term so it overlaps exactly with Demko's contract um I did have a good laugh at the number of people who were like Canucks media got it wrong again you all said he was gone it's like I think what people actually said was that he was unhappy it was taking so long and that he wouldn't come back unless it was a five-year contract, which, like, shocker, it's a five-year contract. So they also gave him, like, an upgraded position. He's now the director of goaltending and yeah, something. It was previously it's, Cloutier, right? I think that was. I think so. They also put Chris Higgins back in hockey ops away from, I think he was in player development. So now he's back in hockey ops. Yeah, so just, like, a few shuffles. I always forget Jason King is like oh God, a part of the Canucks coaching staff. He's just like, he's just the most random, super random, but yeah. So he'll be on the bench and yeah, I don't know. It's interesting. I feel like Shaw talked a lot about how he basically got hired after he had a couple of phone calls with Travis Green, where they just talked for a couple of hours about, I don't know, hockey and they asked him, they were like, oh, what, what do you think like got you hired? And he said it was because they have kind of differing views. And so it's like a different kind of thing to bounce off. Like, so it'll be interesting to see because Travis seems like quite a confident, like assertive guy. So it'll be interesting to see this other person come in and I don't know, I guess see how that relationship is or yeah. it, it feels much more like a 
like a Lame Vineos Rick bonus kind of relationship where it's yeah. like almost equals versus just Travis Green and then kind of his underlings. So I'm not, yeah, I'll be really interested to see how that goes. If Travis is able to handle that and have that kind of opposition, like kind of teamwork opposition, I actually, I think I would respect him more than I already do. I think it takes a lot of confidence in your own position and coaching style to have somebody do that. But I also think it's good. I actually just think, you know, part of, part of the issue that they've had the last few years is they just get stuck in these cycles. And like, I think to the extent that there is somebody who's thinking is totally different and is able to push back on that and they can try some new things. I think that's good. Yeah, no, I definitely agree. And it, yeah. And it'll be interesting. He seems like Bradshaw seems like someone who's very okay with being in the assist in the associate role. Like he doesn't seem to be someone who's like searching for the head coach role necessarily. So that could also be something where they, there's a sense of safety in that relationship. So yeah, we'll see how it goes. Yeah. Noel Brown is gone. RIP the drop pass. All I know is that he dressed very nicely on the bench and goodbye, sweet man. Happy Canucks news. Congratulations. Vasily Pod Colson. Who got married this morning. Who we all know got married to get his girlfriend a visa. <laughs> like, Her dress was really beautiful though. It was like this, like, it looked kind of like sea foamy. Yeah. Like a really cool back. Yeah. I actually, there's, I've been seeing like people doing that obviously more because of the pandemic, like doing really small, like courthouse weddings. And I think it, it always looks really pretty. She basically yeah. looks like every single other Russian wig that I've ever seen. Like they all look the same. They're all brunette. They're all super tall and super thin. He's uh, 19. Oh my God. That's so young. <laughs> he needs a friend. The I mean, he's 19. He needs a friend. When he comes here, he needs something familiar. He needs a friend and she needs a visa. Exactly. It's what we call a marriage of convenience, Sam. We love those books. No, it's a rom-com. <laughs> it's a rom-com. <laughs> oh. um, but she is like, yeah, she looks. She's stunning. She's a model. Her. Like they're all models. She's like quite clearly a dancer. Like, and a, yeah. like a ballerina. Yeah. Because she's like ballerina thing. Yeah. Yeah, he needs a friend. Hopefully they have a different reaction to Vancouver than the Triampkins did. Fingers are crossed (laughs) because we all know how well that went. I'm excited to see him play next season. So yeah, it'll be fun. I always feel like, yeah, I don't know. It's probably pretty isolating. I felt really bad for Nils Hoglander this year, like just being here alone. Well, other than Tinder, but like, don't know how that went. (laughs) Can't hang out with people quarantining alone in a Raya account yeah I'm actually surprised there's not more like why don't hockey players use Raya I think quite a few of them do do it's Allegedly. just you can't screenshot on Raya so that's the main yeah. thing yeah um uh, yeah I guess that's true but I feel like we'd hear about it on hockey tumblr surprised there's not like a demois of hockey yet well it's that basically no that cares about them so that's something to consider that's true yeah that is also true we can um we can just add like a hockey do what to our newsletter. Our, our <laughs> we could. Newsletter. We should just start hockey demois our Patreon. <laughs> I'm not joking. We'll get I'm not joking. People would love it. I know. I, know. I, I think, think we I'm should do it. That, like the thing is that 
I'm actually not worried about like our integrity because I don't think we have any. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but I'm saying that like, oh my God. I don't want to like get people mad at us, you know, not mad at us. And like, I don't mind if they're mad at us and like calling me like a cunt. Cause like I made a hockey opinion and they are like, you're a woman. I hate you. I meant like the hockey people mad at us, like the actual players. No, I literally just meant like wags. Like, oh, I, I only see. respect women. I feel like <laughs> we'll just like 90% of stuff we'll get is just like Zobin telling us that she's having another oh, yeah, baby. Remember that time I tweeted that she, yeah. And then she DM'd me and was like, who did I sleep with? And I was like, I'm ignoring this DM. I'm not uh, dealing with Did you see that she made a Instagram poll that was whether or not she should give her baby daddy custody or not? No, I did not see that. It was like just a yes or no. Oh my God, Zobin. If you're a wag who listens to us, we would love for you to come on, but please do not buy our newsletter. <laughs> you have better things to do with your life. I promise. Please just go get more highlights. Just go sell, just go sell more please, beauty that's counter. Like $500 at sell more beauty Let's counter. Go spin that. On to soap operas. So it is June. It is Pride Month. And the NHL is being the NHL. <laughs> um, essentially, actually, I've said this, I think, before, that I don't mind being pandered to. Because at least they, like, view the LGBT community to be something worth pandering to. And are not just like, you're going to hell and we hate you. So that's, like, at least a mild step. Like, I... I'll buy your like gay hockey gear. I don't have any shame. That's fine. But what I'm going to need for you to do is try a little bit harder in general, which is today they announced that throughout June, NHL.com slash pride will feature a series of stories highlighting members in the community who are actively being inclusive allies and working to ensure that hockey is for everyone. So the main problem with that is clearly y'all don't know any gay people any a single one (laughs) be like these people are not homophobic they deserve a cookie here you go and we're just gonna write some things actually yeah that is true they did do their first thing was actually about a real gay real life gay person and then (laughs) she's a cop so (laughs) like you can't make this shit up Oh no. The clownery of this oh, entire entire it's, and also the thing is that they oh, have God. I'm sure they have multiple queer people working for them in like I know that they do in various positions. You don't even need them in like front office positions. I'm sure people just literally even like work around the arena are gay or are trans. You can or literally just fans. Just like there's yeah, fans. Or just fans. You can talk to them about as well. There's what's really embarrassing for the NHL is that NASCAR, which people don't tend to think highly of in terms of inclusivity, is doing so much more than them. They are donating to the Trevor Project all year round. Um, they have, and which is the main thing, they are actually putting their money where their mouth is instead of just being like, oh, we're just going to sell some shirts that like are rainbow. Here you go. 
This is like, this is like a new level of rainbow washing. Exactly. It's like, we are going to have you change your socials picture to it being rainbow. And then we're going to talk about how we have a person who works for us who hasn't actively committed a hate crime. Oh my God. I feel like, didn't Colorado do this too a couple of years ago where they did like ally night? Yep. Oh Christ. And what really makes me insane is like, when you think about all the people who are actually doing the labor and the work and putting the time in to make this league fun in any way and accessible in any way, they are all the people that the NHL actively just like fucking doesn't care about in any way, or like doesn't put any effort into acknowledging. And that's queer people, that's people of color, that's women, that's like, it's just, it's embarrassing. And yet they, the the only reason why they're like even somewhat legible to younger generations is from these people. And yet they're like, no, we're going to celebrate straight pride. Exactly. Go fuck yourselves. <laughs> like, ah, that's all pretty much. Another unsurprising turn from the NHL. Okay, let's talk about wag jackets. Hot take. Don't give a shit about wag jackets. <laughs> no, I mean, like, not in a way that's like me, but I just, like, I don't, I don't know. I wouldn't do it. Actually, I probably would. I'd be peer pressured and bullied into doing it, and I would be like, okay. It'd be well. more embarrassing if you were the only one and showed up with Alex. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> But, like, okay, I will say... TJ Oshie's wife got like all the Washington Capitals ones like hand painted. Hand painted. Oh, they're always like hand painted. They're like, a lot of effort. And it's insane. It's like the biggest arts and crafts project that but, they like, the don't thing do is themselves. It's kind of switched over into their commissioning people, which is great because they're probably commissioning local artists, which obviously mm. we support. Um, but it they did initially seem like they were just going to like Hobby Lobby or something. Hobby Lobby, obviously. And then just like for bedazzling their own things. <laughs> and, um, yeah, and then just like getting <laughs> the like embroidery little things. Like a glue yeah, gun original, iron on patches. When did this start? Five or six years ago? I feel like it's started? definitely been like a 2010s thing. Yeah. Yeah. Hmm. I think I definitely remember them from at least like four four or five seasons ago. Because mm-hmm. I think. Yeah, like the Canucks wives for sure didn't have them. They did last year in the bubble. Yeah, but sorry, in 2011, they for sure didn't have them. Yeah, no, definitely not in 2011. It was right around the time that the Golden Knights came into the league because I remember seeing. I think that they had them earlier, but definitely before that. I'm just trying to think of teams that went really far. I think Boston, Boston did them for sure because I remember. Because I think the company that first started doing them was a Boston-based company. The first mm. one where, like, they did all of the Wags jackets. Nashville for sure had them a while And they ago. were jean jackets, too. So this was when jean yeah. jackets were, like, super big. They're still yeah. a lot of times jean jackets. Most of them are. They started to do bombers, and they started to do... Well, then that gives you a good... Bombers were, like, really big and, like... 2016-17. Yeah. yeah. And now they're doing what there is it? There were definitely bombers blazers? because I remember I remember Evander Kane's ex wearing one. And I, the reason I remember the Nashville one is because 
I remember Ryan Johansson's ex-fiance wearing one. Mm. Yeah, I definitely remember the Vegas um, girls wearing them because Emily. Yeah. Haley, Emily, whichever one of the twins. Both. No, but well, Haley used now. to wear Will Carlson's. Yeah, too. to like and just regular season games too. The Vegas ones are Wait, always. If you don't know what they are in general, they're just generally like. They just you don't have, have the number. Of to your... like, yeah, you just. Exactly. It's like a very. Like a Letterman jacket. It's like a very traditional, yeah, like wear my Letterman coat kind of thing. Exactly. It's like. It has the number, has the name. It's like bedazzled. And a bunch of decorations, yeah. Yeah. Glitter. Although, this year it looks more. Well, I guess the Vegas ones still are. They're like red leather this year. Oh, I saw those. Okay. Anyway, what we're going to talk about is you said that they were like blazers. I think the blazers look like shit. The hurricanes have them, have the blazers. Um, you said the abs, like you literally said something, you're like, the abs are so cute. And like, I had like not replied or something. I was doing something else. And so then I like, didn't pop in to like, be like, actually Sam, you're wrong. But she you're was wrong. saving it to Do not look face. good. It's like, the, I'm, I'm not going to lie. I just like that. They, it was like, the Fleur de Lis and the Nordiques theme. Okay, I yeah, that's fine. But like, the thing is that also they're like tapered, which is weird. It looks bad. Yeah. yeah, I don't actually like that it's a blazer. I just like the Nordiques theme. The Oilers had orange Oilers sweatshirts. Like, they were not good. You cannot, you can't, orange is too hard. You can't do it. The team is orange. What the fuck, Lauren Kyle won? Like, this is your only job. <laughs> She has her other job, please. You couldn't have got some like, you couldn't have got some marble marble printed, some marble printed denim. Like, fuck, it's not that hard. We could have done a better job. Run it past us for consent. Yeah, I don't want to design it. I just want to tell you. We just want to be like, actually, that looks bad. Change it. (laughs) Okay, Bachelor at thoughts on Katie. Okay. I was saying, I like Katie. I think she's gonna be a good bachelorette. You're right. And Georgia said that she has Caitlin energy, but also Caitlin was there and like Caitlin was like kind of annoying, but um, she has Caitlin in, and that's not just like, she has Caitlin energy in general. And that's not just the new buzzword of the season is sex positive, which holy Caitlin shit is the it, first. It's sex literally positive. dripping sex. <laughs> yeah, there was uh, so much sex. I feel yeah, like Caitlin it, is the first sex positive bachelorette because yes. she had sex before a fantasy suite. Uh, <laughs> yes. I feel like if there's one word to describe Katie, it's bubbly. Like, yeah, absolutely. But I also, I was trying to figure out like if I would have been friends with her in high school and I couldn't decide. She's a Capricorn sun, Virgo moon. I think she's very precise. She knows what she wants, which is good. That's a very good, I think it's perfect for a bachelorette. bachelorette. I think Um, that's what I liked about her is she seemed very confident. And I also really liked when she like went in to talk to the guys and she was the thing that she said to them was just like, I'm super nervous. You guys are super nervous. It's fine. (laughs) Like you don't have to feel like you have to impress me. Just like be yourselves and whatever. And I thought that was really good because usually it's some stupid, like let's pray. No one wants to pray. (laughs) Oh, let's go to the intersection of hockey and The Bachelor. There was so much. Oh my God. There's There's so so, much. There's so, there's so many. Okay. So what I was going to mention was speaking of praying, Matt James, uh, like did the siren at the Canes, but Rachel Kirk Connell was there and that's why the Canes lost. (laughs) And the other thing I was going to say was that 
I understand that like, I'm a brunette white woman. So brunette white women all look the same as well. I'm saying this from a place of love. Brunette white men also all look the same. Greg looks like Quinn Hughes and they have the same mole on their cheek in the exact same place. They look similar. It's not just the brunette thing. They Um, do look similar. And then also cat dude looks like Dougie Hamilton. Yes, that is also true. But also as well, Brendan on the season, Canadian, ex-hockey player, now becoming a firefighter, brought like a net and they played hockey for a little while. Christian, the guy from Boston, played hockey. He has an elite prospects bio, Kelsey Priest. Um, he also looks like Patrick Kane. It grosses me out. And there is something else. Oh, Katie, known Kraken Stan. This is the hockey season on The Bachelor. What did you guys think about Caitlin and Tisha? Because Chris Harrison has been fired, but he got paid. He got paid. I don't also, get paid that much to not do How much dirt does he have on Mike Fleiss? I actually had to think. I had to think about whether or not he could have made more money from just blowing up the Bachelor franchise. He got, I think they described it as a mid eight figures. Yeah. So like $50 million to yeah. keep Mike Fleiss's secrets. Hilarious. Wild. Hilarious. So, okay. But what did you think about Tisha and Caitlin? Um, I thought they were fine. They didn't like blow me away. They were fine. And also I think that the addition of something that Chris Harrison did that we didn't need because we're not. I know we're watching The Bachelor, but we're not stupid. Um, is now both of them walk in to inform you that there's one rose left? I don't need that. I can count to one at least. <laughs> it is so. Yeah, I don't know. I would have liked to see, have seen them do like a more creative approach with having two women. Mm-hmm. It's also just- like. For the final rose, they swoop in, they say, this is the final rose. They leave, they give the final rose, they come back in and they say, you did not receive a rose. Collect yeah, they should just do one of them. They can like alternate yeah. what they do it. Yeah. I, I, I think that it makes it makes more sense if you even come in at the end and are like, okay, you need to get the fuck out. Um, yeah. I mean, it is implied that that's what you need to do, but sometimes direction helps. And I also think that they tried to kind of paint them as the personification of the viewers themselves yeah and yeah like when they were watching at the window and yeah stuff. and it's it yeah. was I don't know yeah I just feel like they could have done something different and I think it'll definitely be more interesting to see when they're going on dates and stuff especially group dates having them manage those is probably where they're going to find more success yeah, I hope they're like better support for her. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's, that's kind of all what... I can really think about. Like them being like the benefit of having both of them yeah. in that role instead of just hiring like Emmanuel Acho or like some fucking rando. Yeah. I don't know. Jeff that's what I wanted in terms of like something more creative was like rather than having the traditional host, like have them be more like her girlfriends whether or not that I don't know yeah, because they actually are friends in real life. Or not. Well, that's the other thing that like people often forget is like, you are entirely cut off. Like she is dating these guys without being able to like talk to her friends about them 
or like whatever, which I know for me, it's like a big thing. You like vet people with your friends. Yeah. I think so that, having that instead of like also, some random, like 50 year old man. Yeah. When like, Hannah had to like sit down and have that long conversation with Chris that one time, and it was like, this is just uncomfortable. Yeah. It's weird. Yeah. Weird. Weird. But energy. I think that, that is actually how you understand and like can view and empathize almost with people who are having like a breakdown, especially like contestants, because A, this is not a situation that you've been in ever before, whether that be you're on the like contestant side and you are dating somebody and acutely aware that they are dating like 10 plus other people. But also like your friends. Also be, you're on TV, which is yeah. another level of like nerve wracking. Yeah. You're making friends with them because you're stuck there. You literally can like only read your Bible essentially. Mm-hmm. And like, so that's yeah, how like, so it's just such a weird bubble that does foster these like very intense relationships that I think that is why there hasn't been a huge amount of success. And I actually think that's why you can clearly see that I think about this. Like, No, it's fine. Time. I do this too. But I think that this is why Bachelor in Paradise has a track record of having more successful relationships because they're just hanging out. Like they're yeah. just hanging out on the beach all day and then yeah, they the like, are off. forming these relationships. And that's a lot more organic than having this situation where you're like, maybe going to spend five hours at a time with them. Yeah. And when you look at the statistics of it, there are so many like actual marriages that have come out of Paradise which is weird because it's like this debaucherous, like extremely campy, sex fest, horrible reality show, but it somehow has actually like, yeah, worked out better. I think, well, the other thing that I always think about in terms of why these relationships don't work is because you are in this bubble, like a very romantic bubble where you aren't necessarily having concrete conversations about like, the nuances of being in a relationship primarily most of the times when these people are dating they're from like totally different places in the country and that is like a major thing like for example greg who's like everyone's favorite he got the first impression rose or whatever um he lives in new jersey yes quinn hughes he lives in new jersey she lives in seattle they're both very close to their families like that's pretty significant to have to decide either we are going, one of us is going to sacrifice or we're both going to sacrifice. They're both going to move to LA. So yeah, it's <laughs> yeah. I mean, that's usually what happens, but like, that's, that's a super complicated thing to figure out. And I think when you have the people who are successful in, in these relationships, it's because like, so Chris and Desiree, like both were from the Pacific Northwest. Um, like for whatever, like a bunch of these people, it's because they ended up being like, it just worked and maybe they had these conversations, but yeah, I think that's the other thing is like, you are so in this bubble, you're not, I don't know, having these, yeah, you're not dealing with the real life experiences and the stresses of existing, like as a human yeah. in general, and you're really devoting yourself to dating, which I do think is how it's how I like it frame it in my head that I don't view it as just complete like impossible that people could find love or whatever it's like oh well if you are actually like completely choosing to be dating like because most people in general you're going to work you're spending time with your friends all of this yeah so I don't know it's just a very interesting like Georgia and I clearly think of this in like a sociological way which is like 
weird, but it is. I don't think it's weird. I think it's like the normal thing to think about. But like, well, yeah. yeah. The one I think about the most often is, and like, obviously, you're going back quite a ways. But like, I remember Jillian Harris when she got engaged to Ed Swiderski. Like, it was a huge thing about whether or not she was going to move to Chicago because like she had a very established interior design career here, and her whole family mm-hmm. was here. And like, obviously, that didn't work out, and now she's back here. But then you have like Caitlin Bristow, who like, I think that that's one of the funniest ones because she moved to Nashville for Sean. Mm-hmm. But she's living in Vancouver. Obviously, Jason's from Seattle, but it's like now they both live in Nashville randomly where they have like no That's ties. like a, bat- it's a bachelor hub. It's one of the bachelor yeah, hubs. Yeah. But yeah, no, it is true. And I think that's where, because so for example, you get like 50% of the re- relationships that end up just being like a summer fling or like a vacation fling. And then you get 50% yeah. that work or, or whatever. It's probably much lower than that, but like 10%, like 10% way higher in the bachelorettes which is very funny also like shocking percentage of the bachelorettes end up with the people that they give the first impression rose to which i always think is very funny like an insane amount i think i think i was telling george about this that i think greg is being um greg's shady as fuck (laughs) greg is being groomed to be the bachelor no 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 the way they edited him he is no andrew s it's Andres. He is either going to win or he's going to Peter himself. Peter was the bachelor. No, Peter Krause. Oh, I love Peter. You know, I love Peter. <laughs> I know. I didn't really want to bring it up because I know it leaves you in a depressive state <laughs> because you think about him and like cry. <laughs> oh, I walked past your eyelashes for three days. <laughs> Iconic. Um, you know okay, what well, the the one person I really didn't like, and I don't even know his name, but like the hug breathing oh, guy, he got eliminated. I, was, I thank God, Gabriel. Because, like, oh, he Not when like he Courtney, did that and then started doing the breathing thing. I don't like I was his, literally, his name spelled. I was literally I, sitting no. on the couch, oh. being like, I feel uncomfortable yeah, watching this. I hated this. it. I hated it. I feel like, oh, I always get. The people that I am okay with on the first night are the ones who don't do the crazy gimmicks. I hate every single one of the people that do crazy gimmicks. Like, yeah, like Catboy. Catboy showing up with, I, no, Trey, I like Trey was fine. Trey was fine, but like showing up with the truck and the balls, like what, what, why? The only, like, the only person who did a gimmick that I've ever genuinely liked was um, Chris, the cupcake dentist guy from Caitlin Bristow season. I didn't he like came that, in and but like, okay. <laughs> no, I didn't like his entrance, but I oh, but liked, him? liked him. Yeah, 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 that's fair. I just, I don't like just walk up to them. Yeah. I don't know. I always feel like it's so weird. Also, she got a lot. They never of, make like, it far. Super though. sexual. Who gimmicks never make yeah. it far. She got, it was just all about like, let's say as many sexual innuendos as we can yeah. in like a Actually, minute. you know which one I really liked that stood out to me? There was one of the first guys who came in said to her like, I feel like if I, like, I feel like I could have seen you at a bar and like come up to you. It was great. Like, yeah. Yeah. Okay. Never mind. Yeah. If, <laughs> no, see, I didn't okay. even remember who it was. I just remembered the line. No, here's the thing. Greg, nice guy. Sure. Like, objectively, I understand why people are like, we love him. We want to sin for Greg because he's so like cute and whatever. That man knows what he's doing. This is not an innocent act. He's not just like, 
I'm so shy. He knows what he's doing. I said, I said to Georgia that I am a jet apologist. So I have, I have nothing to comment on in this situation. <laughs> I'm like, fine. If you oh want to end God, up with a girl, dread. sure. But okay. Who else did you guys like, or who do you think is going to go far? I think Andrew S the Vienna guy who did the horrible accent is going to go yeah, pretty far. I agree. And I think, um, Justin, the painter, oh boy, what's that man oozing sexual energy. He like brought out the paintbrush to top six. Um, do you think Catboy is a good musician? Because I don't think he is. No. He's if you're a good so musician, you're not going on this show. And I say that as a jet apologist. <laughs> she was like shockingly into the costume. Which I was like, okay, this is a funny gimmick. Like change. And then also don't scratch on the door. When he started scratching. Was, that was so funny. I was like, dude, no one is letting you in. No one is going to let you in. <laughs> and then when he goes in and Thomas, who is for sure going to be the aggressor of like drama, is like, uh, it's really the mitts that are confusing me because he had his pants in the bully mittens. Oh, uh, whatever Boston dude, uh, PK dude. Christian, um, I think. Yeah, I don't know his name, he, but I he had a he has a problem with cats. Like he was very angry about this cat. <laughs> I need I need you to repeat what Becca Martinez said. In oh yeah. Okay, so I was listening to Becca Martinez's podcast, and they like are obsessed with this guy. They think he's so hot. Like they mm. want to fuck him. Blah 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 blah. Because he has this like Boston frat boy energy, which for me is like the biggest turnoff. That like literally makes my skin crawl. And they were obsessed with the accent because he like at one point said "wicked smart," <laughs> and then he looks like if Dave Portnoy and Patrick Kane meshed together as a person and it's just like that's what he looks like he he strongly has boston hockey boy energy like it's just it's it's true it's like ascendant um they described him as like so they did all that and then at the very end they were like he's like that guy who has like this frat boy like cocky energy who would probably like come in 45 seconds but you'd still be desperate to have like call you back (laughs) like oh my god no it's like you had me in the first half. Oh, but come on. Like, no. We can't keep letting Boston respect yourself. Respect yourself more. Anyway, so yeah. Anyone else? I honestly don't remember any of them. Oh, yeah. Blake Moyne shows up. He's probably going to go am far. not pleased about that. So we're going to have two hockey boy Canadians Great. on the show. You guys have your own bachelor. Why are you here? <laughs> There's always like a token Canadian. And it's like, yeah. there is a Canadian bachelor. <laughs> the it's funny too thing sporadic is like, though, I think. Yeah. yeah. I don't shoot it often enough. The funny thing is like, Canadian women always do better on bachelor than the Canadian men do on bachelorette. They did also say on this podcast that they're like, oh, the Canadian hockey guy whose only personality trait is being a Canadian hockey guy. Okay, so Mal, if you think that Greg's getting the Bachelor edit, what do you think happens? You think she doesn't pick anyone or he breaks up with her or? I think he self-eliminates, but I think that he gets Bachelor edit. And then I think 
I don't know. I don't know. I feel like I feel like Andrew I feel like Andrew S got the bachelor edit, but then at the same time, I'm assuming they would be like, we can't have two black bachelors in a row. They would not do that, except for they are trying to be more inclusive. Yeah. But also like a bunch of take somebody off of Michelle Susan to be bachelor. Yeah. But I would assume they would be filming. I mean, they'd still a bunch of these guys are going to be on Paradise too. Paradise is shooting right now, also. So we have that to look forward to. Um, Sam, did you have any ideas about who won from your half of the episode you watched? No. I honestly like did not find any of them particularly appealing. <laughs> like I liked Greg's line, but I think the reason I forgot he said it is because he legitimately looks like Quinn Hughes. And I find that deeply off-putting unattractive. <laughs> Refer to him as if Quinn Hughes were handsome, which I'm so sorry, Quinn. <laughs> it's it's You're true though. Wrong. You're not wrong. You're not wrong at all. I think the yeah. other thing is, um, oh, the virgin baseball player. <laughs> yeah. Who, first of all, they've 1000% only cast because he's a virgin and they needed a virgin on the but crazy like, sex We've done this. We've I done- don't. And he clearly has a mental breakdown about it. So, like, can we not have this man's, like, sexual trauma, like, on TV? I mean, I'm, like, so sick of the sex storyline. Like, we did it with Colton one way. We did it with Luke P on Hannah's season. Like, find something different. It's also, like, they just talk about being so sex positive. It's, like, that's just being normal. (laughs) Like, like, it's not shocking. But then I also forget that The Bachelor is... Like for so long, the people, and it's like the people who are stands of Chris Harrison are like that kind of middle America, more like a little bit more religious bent. Like, and that's why the show is like catered towards that very like Christian ideal of like marriage in a way, like at the end. But But yeah, so far, that's the most I've watched in like two seasons. So I think this season is going to be quite good. I think so too. I think she's I think good. Watch. Yeah. I think the guys have enough like personality that will be interesting and there'll be some drama, but I, I don't think it'll be, I just want like after the train wreck that was Matt James and also Claire's season, <laughs> um, just let's have a traditional bachelor, please. And then just get me to fucking paradise. <laughs> so excited. Three stars of the week. Okay, my star of the week, Taya Curry. First woman drafted in the OHL by the Sarnia Sting. She's goalie, 16 years old. I have a lot of questions about why we haven't done this before. This has been an option all this time. (laughs) What the fuck? But also, like, shout out to her for... I don't know, like kind of having this thrust upon her in a lot of ways. And I hope that she has a lot of good support around her. And yeah, it's exciting. Hopefully we see more of that. And hopefully it's not just a Menal Ram PR stint. It's actually like a yeah. concrete thing. Yeah. That's my star. Mallory. Mallory's like, which okay. Zoom Zoom boy of the week? I can give you multiple Zoom Zoom boys. Cause like I was thinking, cause technically, Okay. 
I like how I switched over. So um, I like got very into Formula One. Then I was like, that's not niche enough. And then like, I just started watching Formula Two as well, which is like the feeder series kind of. Anyway, Robert Schwartzman, my sweet Russian Zoom Zoom boy. Um, he had not performed well the previous like past Formula Two weekends, but he's back in the championship hunt because he won a race and then got third. Um, I'm proud of him. He's great. For dedicated Princess Diaries fans, she is not speaking <laughs> of the Robert Schwartzman who played Michael Moskovitz. He doesn't have a C in his um, no. name, but Robert Schwartzman, I love him so much. Uh, he's a great driver. He's in the Ferrari Driver Academy, but also he has a like Russian flag wrapped Ferrari that he likes to make TikTok videos of himself like doing donuts in, um, which is oh, so I've funny. Watched I these. love this. I've watched these. <laughs> yes. And there's something else I was going to say about Robert Schwartzman. Oh, also he like is in his early 20s and he's like 21. Um, he looks like he's in eighth grade. He does look like a child. He like people who say that like Russian athletes are all doping, like the evidence against it is Robert Schwartzman. <laughs> Sam, who's your star? My star of the week is Tyler Toffoli for scoring the series winning goal to send the Montreal Canadiens to the conference finals. Conference finals? I don't know. I don't even know what they're doing. Yeah, because it's all weird. Yeah. To whatever whatever is next. For sending the Montreal Canadiens to whatever is next. I also just, as somebody who just loves pettiness, I just love how much he works in that he wanted to be a Canuck regularly into like every interview, just constantly twisting the knife. And I just love that for him. I think it's adorable. And if the abs get eliminated, then I am going to throw my energy into the extremely unlikely possibility of seeing Dodger Toffoli in the cup. Exactly. Put him in the cup. <laughs> Did you see that they were like brewing, uh, like they're like, we brewed Molson like this like, batch of Molson or whatever in the Stanley Cup. And it's like, I don't want to consume anything that's been in there. That's correct. I saw somebody tweet, like, not only does Molson taste like piss, it will now actually have a trace of piss in it. Exactly. (laughs) Bonus star to whoever came up with that. All right. Um, That wraps another week. We will see you next week, except for Mallory, who will be living the life in Spain. She is going to send us Mal's updates from Spain that we will clip into our episodes. Mal on the plane, just like yeah, I'm on the plane. Yeah, I'm in Spain now. I'm in Valencia. Broadcast is going international next week. Yeah, broadcast is always international. Yeah, that's true. I don't live in Canada. (laughs) Broadcast is going international beyond North America. Transatlantic. Yes, Yes, we're going transatlantic for all our Spanish listeners. Yeah, (laughs) or Catalan listeners get super excited for Mal. Um, but yeah, you can find us online, you know, where by now, if you don't, you don't need to know, don't worry about it. <laughs> or you can find us at broadcast pod or at, at broadcast pod at gmail.com where we sometimes occasionally check our emails. 
But yeah. See you guys next week. Bye. Bye.